Hello everybody, and step in to today's review episode with me as I go over first allied and then loving on today's episode. <clears throat> These are two new movies uh, the f that both went wide this week. Uh, loving was in a limited release prior to uh, the Thanksgiving week. Uh, but finally expanded into a theater that I could see it in. And Allied is a... Well, let's see. We're going to talk about Allied first. Allied is a Robert Zemeckis film starring Brad Pitt and Marianne Cotillard. Uh, and it takes place during World War II as these two characters meet each other under the pretense of being married in order to infiltrate a party where they can assassinate a high-ranking member of the SS. <clears throat> High drama stuff. Uh, you know, very compelling idea. <clears throat> and that entire sequence is over in like 30 minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. And then they successfully carry out this mission only to fall in love and intend to spend the rest of their lives together. Which becomes a complicated endeavor when Brad Pitt's character is pulled aside one day and told that they suspect that his wife is actually a spy. Now, I've seen all the tra I've seen the trailers and I was actually kind of surprised that the majority of the footage in the trailers happens during the fake marriage sequence of the film with the bulk of the movie taking place after that which I quite like. I liked that angle for the film to take. And the performances from Pitt and Cotillard are solid. Uh, I, I think I think uh, Marion Cotillard's performance is better, but I don't think either of them really enter any sort of Oscar talk, Oscar conversations for nominations at even. You know, and these movies. <clears throat> Seems to be a mix between a like World War II thriller popcorn movie and like a prestige picture. And it never really becomes either of them. <clears throat> because the film, like I said, kind of cuts you short on the thriller aspect of it. And then there's about a 20 to 30 minute chunk in the middle... Uh, maybe longer, but about that, where there's nothing really happening. <clears throat> and you're left to kind of wonder, well, what's... Well, like, if, unless you've, if you've seen the trailer, then you know that at some point, 
they tell Brad Pitt, you know, hey, your wife's a spy. You either have to confirm, like, we're going to confirm this, and if she is, you have to kill her. And so you, there's this, like, lull in the middle of the movie where you're waiting for this to happen. And then once it does, you know, the thriller picks itself back up in that in that aspect. But then once that part happens, Cotillard's performance and character becomes drastically diminished. She's no longer a co-lead of the movie because now all the scenes with her in them are more of a Brad Pitt looking at her perspective and that's jarring in a way I I see why that decision was made but I, I do take an issue with it because I think you're uh, dragging down the better the best character and best performance in the movie and 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 shrinking that role you are elevating uh Brad Pitt's character who you know his his performance is fine and his character is fine but in the terms of this particular plot line it just i don't think he brings enough uh, suspicion and paranoia to the role it, it, <clears throat> you know if this is a man who truly truly loves his wife you know they went they went through an incredibly intense ordeal together during their um, insurrection is that the right term when they're when they're you know assassinating german members of the SS or just regular members of the SS you know and that that bond brings them close and like I don't ever doubt that they care for each other but it's strange because he is so absolute and resolute about knowing that his wife is not a spy that comes across quite clearly and yet all the actions that he does are all in service of learning whether or not she, she is who she says she is. Which, you know, if you believe, like, they, they have to they perform a test. And I think, you know, if it were me, and if I believed as much as I believe, as I think that Brad Pitt's character believes that my wife significant other is not a spy i would just let the test happen like i don't you know so so him going through all these motions indicates to me that he actually doesn't believe that she's not a spy has doubts that she might be someone that she's she might be pretending to be this person that's in love with him so like i don't know what his game plan is here so he goes through all these things if he does find out that she's a spy, like is he, is he trying to find out before the test comes in so that he can save her? Because that seems to be the implication. Because otherwise, the test would just come back positive or negative, and then he'll either kill her or not. 
if he can bring himself to. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's really muddled. It's, it's very, very muddled. Now, on a technical level, uh, the, the war scenes and action scenes are actually really enjoyable. Uh, there's one where Brad Pitt rolls off of a car and then some more stuff happens and, you know, not to get into too many spoilers, but, and at first he rolls off the car and I'm like, oh shit, are they like leaving him behind? You know, cause like you can't really tell if he's doing it on purpose or if it just like the car took too much of a turn and you're not really sure. And then the follow through of that is quite a payoff. I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. That's like a great, you know, like I wasn't thinking about that. They don't like, they don't set it up at all. And so the payoff is even better. So I, I really appreciated that. I thought that was really, that was good. The, you know, the shootout scene that you see in the trailer dur during the party is fine. As, you know, it doesn't, it wasn't anything special, I guess. Uh, but, you know, like, there, there really isn't too much war happening in the movie. You know, it's relegated to, like, a couple of small scenes. Nothing too large, nothing too fancy. Uh, just pretty much just what you're looking for at that time. But... I will say the movie did like hold my interest. It kept me engaged pretty much the whole way through uh, with the ex only real exception being that lull that I mentioned uh, between the early thrilling parts of the movie and the kind of entire second half of the movie that's mostly thrilling. So I don't have... <clears throat> so overall, you know, I do have, you know, I have some pretty significant problems with the movie, but... There are plenty of like positives to counterbalance that, and I think they do counterbalance it pretty well. You know, Zemeckis's direction is quite strong. You know, he doesn't let anything slip through. He manages to capture scenes, and you know, you get to see good vantage points and like a lot of just glances and looks. Uh, you know, especially when Brad Pitt is trying to determine if he can trust his wife or not, and Marion Cotillard's reactions to the different things that he does like all of that i think is is well portrayed and well depicted so uh, i i'm ultimately uh putting this in the in the 50 range you know it's 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 average it doesn't it wasn't like a wow it didn't excite me i wouldn't say i liked the movie but i will say that it wasn't boring Except for that one chunk. It wasn't boring, and it did keep me, keep my attention. You know, I wasn't, like, glancing at my watch the whole way through the movie. I <clears throat> was definitely, you know, I, I had committed. I was in, I had bought into the premise. I had bought into the story. And I, I think it's, it's not bad. It's not a bad movie. It is an average movie with some highlights and some lowlights. So, yeah, that's that's Allied. I gave it a, a 54 on my spreadsheet. 
and that's that's pretty much it. You know, I don't want to really go into any to any significant spoilers for the film. Uh, I will say that Jared Harris, I like Jared Harris, but you know he doesn't really get to do too much with his role. And uh, there's some there's some humor in it as well. You know, Brad Pitt has some, some good humor moments. Oh, actually, one thing this is also in the trailer. They there's a scene where Cotillard is tells Brad Pitt that in Casablanca, husbands sleep on the roof. I have I don't know where the fuck that comes from. I don't know if that's real. You know, if if someone listening lives there or has been there and knows that this is a thing, like please tell me. Or maybe it's like an outdated thing. But like, is that legit? Like, he offers to sleep on the couch, and she's like, no, 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 you have to sleep on the roof. It's cooler up there. There's no fucking way I'm sleeping on the roof if there's a couch. That makes no fucking sense. Why? Why would you sleep on the roof? And more to the point, if that is where husbands sleep, and, like, she doesn't give a reason for why husbands are sleeping up there. Like, it's not like they're upset with each other. You know, he. The, the the story is that he just came back from like a long vacation. I don't know why they would be sleeping apart or separately, but you don't see any other husbands sleeping on roofs, and it doesn't really serve to like the the key conceit that this allows is that it helps bolster the story that they're married, and and uh, reinforce their cover, and. I think it does that, but I don't know why that's a thing. It's really weird to me. I, I really that re- every time because like it, you see him up there like three or four times, and each time I was like, wait, is why? Why does that? Ha- why is that a thing? Why does that happen? Who started this? What if it was cold outside? Is he still going up there? If it's snowing? If it's raining? I don't know. It it bothered me quite significantly. But uh, I dig- I digress. <sighs> Sigh. Uh, so allied, fifty four, fine, not good, not bad. There are definitely worse things to see, but there are also better things to see at the movies currently. And one of those movies is Loving. Loving is a Jeff Nichols film. Uh, Nichols also directed films such as Midnight Special, which came out earlier this year. He recently directed Mud, starring Matthew McConaughey. He was also the director of Take Shelter and Shotgun Stories, which are vehicles for our good friend Michael Shannon, who continues to appear in all of Jeff Nichols' films. And I'm really happy about that. You know, even though his part in this movie is incredibly tiny, it's nice to see him. He brings a certain charisma to a role that, as tiny as it is, it still helps bolster the film in, by cr- making even the si- small side characters seem memorable. Uh, but Loving stars Ruth Nega, who is probably best known from 
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where she has a recurring role on it. I don't remember her character terribly well. Uh, it was in, I think, season three, I believe, as well. Uh, and then from there, she was a she's a a main cast member of uh, the the preacher on AMC. Um, so you know, and she's she's great on in that. She's fantastic in Preacher. Uh, but I believe this is the first film role I've seen her in. Uh, and, man, she is pretty powerful in this role. Uh, her co-star is Joel Edgerton, another frequent collaborator with Jeff Nichols. Edgerton was also in Midnight Special earlier this year. And Edgerton, the first thing I saw him in was Animal Kingdom, which is an Australian film, and Edgerton himself is Australian. And then I kind of got reintroduced to him through Warrior, which is the Edgerton and Tom Hardy MMA movie that I adore. I love that movie. And I think he's fantastic in that, and I think he's really good in this too. And both Nega and Edgerton are foreign. Like, they're not Native American speakers. They naturally have accents that would not be from our country, this country. And they're both playing a couple from Virginia in, like, the 19... What? When, when was the... Uh... Uh, when was Dr. King's March? March on Washington. It was like 1963. So it takes place in like the early 60s. And it's kind of crazy to think that like 50, 55 years ago, it was illegal in places to have interracial marriage. And that's what the movie deals with. It, it you know, it, it tells the true story of the Lovings, uh, Edgerton and Nega's characters, who live in Virginia, leave Virginia to get married, return to Virginia, hoping to live there with their families, only to be arrested, uh, released, uh, and sentenced to leave the state or be arrested again, which they do leave the state, I mean, only to return in order to have Joel Edgerton's mom deliver the baby, which I feel like they could have just, like, grabbed the mom and brought her to wherever they moved to. But, I mean, based on a true story, so. And where then they are caught again, arrested again, released again, they move back out of the state, they become, they get in contact with the ACLU, or rather, the ACLU gets in contact with them, hoping to use their situation, use their plight, use their court cases to send this issue to the Supreme Court. Little ulterior motive uh, for, for the ACLU, but it's all in a good cause, so I guess we excuse it for that. And... 
despite a few reservations uh, from Edgerton's character, they ultimately end up there, and uh, the rest, they say, is history. So, firstly, I'm, I'm really glad that a story like this is, one, being told on the big screen, two, receiving quite a lot of acclaim for the film itself, for the actors involved, uh, for the writing, for, for everything. And I think they picked a really good director, given the nature of the film and the style in which it kind of had to be shot in. Because this could have turned into just a legal drama, and it doesn't. This could have been a racially charged... Uh, kind of just conflict film at every turn and it's not you know it's it ends up being a very subdued and restrained movie with two very subdued and restrained performances from Nega and Edgerton about a topic that is so vital and important to so many different people all over our all over this country and you you know Nichols downplays the importance of the characters and how they perceive themselves to be but he never downplays the issue itself and that is that's that's really difficult to do you know how it's it, just think like how do you how would you go about being nonchalant and restrained yourself about something, but also making that something seem not nonchalant and not restrained. It, it's it it sounds it feels really difficult to be able to do that, and he does it with such ease. I think, and if you've seen any of his other movies, that's kind of his. Mo he he does very he does subdued and restrained very well, uh, particularly in his characters that he uh, directs and writes. Um, you know, Midnight Special is a bit more energetic. You know, Mud is also a l- more energetic than Loving, but Take Shelter and and Shotgun Stories are very much uh, in in the same vein. I I guess I would say. So, uh, you know, you get to see this sort of picturesque environment that that Edgerton and Nega live in, and they do their best to survive as they can. And then when things get tough, they try to make the right decisions, and... You know, you see Edgerton struggling, struggling to come to terms with, you know, his wife's unhappiness and the need to please her and to take care of her. And at times, you know, feeling as though he's failing to do that. And meanwhile, on the other side of that divide, you have Nega, who hates the circumstances that they're being forced to live under 
wants to get out of them and wants to help other people like them not have to go through the same thing. You know, it's very telling, you know, when when Nick Kroll, who plays the lawyer for the ACLU, says that, says to the couple that, you know, hey, this could go to the Supreme Court, that Joel Edgerton's response is like, well, I mean, why can't you just talk to the judge? You know, it's like, we're not hurting anybody. And like, that's, that's such, like, you would never write that if you were creating this story out of thin air. But that's exactly how these people were. They just, you know, hey, look, this isn't about, this isn't a big deal. Like, we just want to live our lives. We're not hurting anybody. Just just talk to him and, and you know, he'll understand. And it's so much bigger than that. And I don't think, and like the film manages to, there's enough of a hopeful drive in Nega's character to offset the idea that Edgerton's character doesn't want, doesn't really care about the issue itself and cares about the personal, uh, personal issues and problems that it's causing for him. And so that kind of helps alleviate any like, well, you, you know, like you look at a lot of his responses and you say like, look, you have a chance to change the course of history for the better and you're just going to sit there and do nothing. <clears throat> but that's that's what makes Nega and Edgerton's characters work so well together. Is that, yeah, they're both very quiet. They don't really like the spotlight either. But at their hearts, while Edgerton is very much, you know, I just want to live in peace. I just want to be content and happy with what I've got. You know, Nega takes that further and says, you know, like, look. You know, until, you know, if if we're having these problems, there are probably many other people having these problems and we have a chance to do something about it and we should do something about it because it's not right. And the film, you know, none of the characters really come out and say that. Nobody, there's no like preachy moment from either Nega or Edgerton, you know. Most of that stuff comes from Nick Kroll and... Uh, there's another lawyer that enters the scene as well, who and they both are are attempting, you know, try to sway the couple into like, hey, look, you you kind of need to do this, and you know, this is something like if if you had the option to make, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I can't think of a good comparison right now. But if you, if if the if the if something that important hinged on your cooperation and participation, I think generally, generally you're probably just going to say yes without thinking about it. And the majority, the vast majority of the rest of the times, you are going to think about it and then say yes. And Joel Edgerton like was like no. Like, no, 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 that's not, that's not us. You know, they're just simple Virginian folks who, you know, Edgerton lays bricks and cinder blocks and builds houses and stuff and Nega takes care of the children. 
And that's all they really want to do is just be together, enjoy the time they have, raise their kids, and be happy. And it takes it takes Edgerton a long time to realize that look, this is not this is an issue that's not gonna go away if they don't like turn around and fight for it right then and there. And even by the end of the movie, they're still like, well, maybe he, he might still not really fully understand the gravity of the scenario and situation that he's in and just how big of an impact his actions have had on this country. Now, all that being said, like, I do think it's a very good movie. I think it is very interesting very compelling but it is really slow it is incredibly slow and every time it feels like things are going to pick up and and kind of light a spark underneath everything they put on the brakes you get a you get oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh and then oh okay we're back to this again and at times that's a really it's it's very heartening to kind of just take this time off and you don't need to surround everybody with gunfire and constant swarming of uh, police officers and and drama which is how the movie is, you know, like or how how it happened in real life, you know, like they like you know they are portrayed very accurately. They were very personal, personable, very private people who didn't want a lot of publicity and attention on themselves, which meant that not a lot of externally interesting things happened. But there's enough internally interesting things going on to maybe not completely balance the two things out, but to at least cover up the glaring emissions. You know, like I said, it's slow. It, it, it really does test your patience at times. There's a lot of time that takes place in the movie where it feels like nothing's happening. There are a lot of scenes in the movie where I feel like this doesn't really add much. And you get this sense that you know that the outcome is never in doubt you never think oh well they're just gonna lose at the end or oh they're gonna end up in jail you never think that the movie doesn't say anything could happen the movie is constantly like this is what's going to happen i'm gonna take you right there you know we're not gonna stop and smell the flowers you know there's not gonna be any big explosions it's just it's just a straight, steady ride from point A to point B. And for some people, that's probably exactly what they want in this movie. I was left a little less happy about that. Uh, not, you know, I don't need a ton of action. I don't need a ton of drama. But I did feel like I needed something more than what we were given. And it's a sh you know it's a shame. It's such a beautiful film, 
and it, you know this one glaring hang up really puts it kind of an entire step lower for me than it otherwise would have so you know i think it could have easily been a film that cracked my top 20 uh, in somewhere in the mid to the high 80s but as it is i i have to drop it down into the 70s uh, so it won't make my top 20 uh, and it'll actually come in as the weakest film uh, that i've seen from jeff nichols which is by no means an insult you know it's it's still a very good movie it sim- it just it, it takes its time and i think it abuses that uh, responsibility that it's given and you know i don't think the blame is entirely on nichols because he he's making this movie based on a real thing you know it's not it's it's you know he can't just add drama for the sake of it i mean he could but i i would be i would feel i guess deceived if that were the case so i think that he does a really good job with what he has and creating a movie that accurately represents these people and the things that they have gone through and the steps that they took to get to that point B that I mentioned. So while Allied was, I think, very mediocre, I think Loving is very good. It could be great if it's your kind of thing just be aware of the uh, progress progression that takes place it is not fast paced and that being said uh, that will end the two reviews we have uh, for today a uh, little bit a little bit of a shorter episode so I just want to tack on something here at the end uh, that I, I've been toying around with uh, since uh, when I made the original introductions, or, or rather, I made the original introduction for the the show about a little over a month ago now, give or take. And then since then, I've I've expanded the intro into various versions based on the type of episode that each, based on the content of each episode. But something that I've intended to do and just haven't had the option or, or uh, possibility to do just yet is I want to constantly and consistently modify the introductions that I can, where I can, when new films come out with that are musicals. So, for example, Moana, which came out this week, has a great soundtrack and I'm still trying to work out whether or not I can cut a sample of the of one of the songs out and use it in any of my introductions at this at this time if I can I will and you know that will be reflected in the next episode that would use that so that's just something that I'm toying around with and uh 
if it happens, it happens. And when it happens, you'll hear it. If it's not Moana, maybe it's Sing. If it's not Sing, maybe it's La La Land. You know, who knows? Uh, you know, this is kind of a good part of the year for musicals, actually. So we will see. We will see. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's reviews for Allied and Loving. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or simply want to know more about me or the podcast, please visit circleoffilm.com for any contact information that you so desire. You can email me at circleoffilm.com and look forward to tomorrow's episode. Uh, So this episode is coming out on the 26th. So tomorrow's episode should be a review of Sing, I believe. Yes. Uh, So look forward to that. And with that, I must say, have a week. So long, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.